Hey, welcome to the Living Box Free Podcast. I'm Ashleen Seitz. And I'm Becky Ford. And this podcast is brought to you by our coaching and consulting company, On The Rise Group. And we are here to talk about personal and professional growth. Yeah, if you enjoy this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share. And let's dive into this week's topic. Hello, welcome back to Living Box Free. I'm Ashleen Seitz, and this week we are talking about the obstacle of tragedy, which, yeah, it's a sad topic, but we all experience tragedy at some point, and so talking about it in advance, or if you've already been through it, hearing about it um, and sharing our stories is really important. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that. This is the the podcast that is getting re-recorded. <laughs> that was my my failure last week. So I'm really excited that my friend Tiffany Jordan is here again. Hi, Tiffany. Hi. And we are going to talk about tragedy. Um, just a quick trigger warning. We are talking about uh, loss within uh, pregnancy and miscarriage. So if you are not feeling up to this episode today, just keep that in mind. So, Tiffany, before we dive in mm-hmm. to your story, which mm-hmm. I'm so glad you're here to talk about, What's on the rise for you this week? Uh, uh, On the rise for me this week is this beautiful weather. Yes. It's so gorgeous out. uh, So I've just been trying to spend as much time as possible outside. Yeah. Um, I've lived in Indiana my whole entire life, but there was definitely a part of me that thought the sun was never going to come back back out this season. (laughs) Uh, So I'm, like I said, giving me life. And also on Saturday, I have a date planned with my husband. So exciting. Yes. um, It's just been a minute since he and I have been able to spend some time together, just he and I. So I've had it on the calendar for weeks and we are going to get to hang out and go out on a date. So I'm stoked about that. Date night. Date night. Hopefully something outside, because I think yeah. it's about to be 80 degrees, um, and there's a really good spot for drinks that we like, yeah. um, and we're going to go eat some really good food and, you know, go to sleep at a de- decent time. And, yeah, sure. Yeah. Really fun adult yeah, things. Yeah, really fun adult dating things. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could not bring myself to close the window to record this, so you're also getting to hear the birds of Indiana, yes. which... Uh, my best friend was on speakerphone with me this morning, and I she told me that there must be some sort of, like, I forget the word she used, like, is there a mob of birds in your bedroom? And I was like, no. That just, sounds like my worst nightmare. Just the regular birds outside. Yikes. So, okay. Just, <laughs> no, it's not happening. Yeah. There are no mobs. Right. Don't worry. Don't worry. Take deep breath. <laughs> um, on the rise for me, I mean, similar. I have been inspired to start doing some yard work. I... Basically, since I moved in here into this house, um, my roommate Shyla has been talking about getting a a house of her own. And I always thought either I would move in with her or I'd move to a new place when she does that. So I've kind of, we both just kind of like left the house alone and not really done anything with it. And then finally, just about two weeks ago, I just hit a limit where I was like, I cannot live in what feels like a frat house anymore. I cannot do it. <laughs> So I started just doing some stuff. So tore out a whole bunch of weeds and garbage in the front yard. And then yesterday my friend Tiff came over and not that, not you. Right. Yes. And I was not even not Tiffany going. A Whoa. different Tiff. So many Tiffs. I know. I love that. Right? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So she came over and I had this like whim to sand and re-stain the back steps, which I will show you later. Maybe I'll post a photo on, on the rise. 
um, and it looks beautiful. And I just feel so much better already with just two weeks of work in about the house and where I live. So I'm trying to bloom where I'm planted, Tiffany. I love that. I'm trying. I love that. I love that for you. Also, I love your house. Thank you. Yeah. It's great. It just needs some things. Yeah. 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 I get it. I'm like looking over your shoulder at the giant holes in the wall. (laughs) I'll get to those eventually. (laughs) (laughs) One thing at a time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about, well, first... Tell us about you. I forgot they haven't heard from you because I've heard from you. Yeah. But tell us a little bit about you. I would love to. Um, I, well, my name is Tiffany Mm -hmm. um, and I have been married to my wonderful husband, Kevin, for almost 13 years. What? I know. Every time I say that out loud, I just can't hardly believe it. How old are you? Can I ask that? You can. I am turning 35 next month. And I have been with Kevin for 16 years, married for almost 13. Wow. Yeah. I'm just trying to imagine that. Like, I'm 35. I'm trying to imagine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So married married to Kevin for almost 13 years. I have two awesome kiddos, um, a son who is turning 10 next month, which that also, when I say it out loud, is mind-boggling to me. Um, And he's on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. So that is quite an adventure for us. Um, And then I have an awesome daughter who is seven. So that's super fun. Mama, um, I'm a project manager by profession. So that's what I do for work. In my spare time, I do CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm an average CrossFitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. I'll let you have that. And I like to volunteer. I volunteer for various ministries at my church. Um, and when I'm not doing those things, I really enjoy serial killer television. Okay. Craft beer. All right. And French fries. French fries. Okay, tell me about the French fries situation. It's my f- like, just your favorite food? Well, yeah, which is kind of weird because I would consider myself, and people who know me would probably describe me as quite the foodie. Okay. But man, there is nothing like good French fries. I actually wrote an entire blog about like the top 10 See, that's French what I was going to ask. Like top three right now. Uh, okay, so I love brew burger fries. Okay. I love... Naughty Dog fries, which you can only get in Bloomington. Okay. And then there are fries at, oh, what is that? Scarlet Lane Brewery. Oh. Is attached to a barbecue place. Okay. Fries that will change your life. Okay. Which Scarlet Lane Brewery is that? The one in McCordsville. McCordsville. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There is so a new location. The wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. Go to That's the one it. in McCordsville. Okay. The fries. Yep. All right. Noted. <laughs> Okay, did I interrupt your about you or was no, that it? Those okay. are definitely the most fun things about me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, well, again, I'm so thankful that you're here and I'll probably say that four or five more times, but I just, yeah, really want to hear your story and let others hear your story. And I'm appreciative that you're willing to share it. So let's talk about the obstacle of tragedy. What happened? Yeah, let's talk about it. So the statistic that I have read most recently is that one in four pregnancies end in some type of loss. Just, just crazy. Which is just crazy. That's a crazy, crazy statistic. And in 2012, um, I became one of those one in four. Um, I suffered a late-term miscarriage. I was nearly halfway through my pregnancy um, when I lost my son. And uh, because I was so late in my pregnancy, I had to go be induced at the hospital mm. And go through labor and delivery um, and deliver you know, our first son, whose name is Gabriel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. That's a lot. It is a lot. Just hearing that. Um, And some of these questions I've been using for the whole uh, series and feel a little silly, but at the same time, I think it kind of helps us Mm -hmm. keep moving. So uh, obviously you weren't hoping for that. What were you expecting to happen? Yeah, I was thinking about this this morning, actually, and I have wanted to be a mom for my whole life. Mm -hmm. I mean, ever since I was a kid, I can remember you know, aspiring to do lots of various things. But the one constant thing was I knew I wanted to be a mom. And I just thought that, you know, I would grow up and I would meet the man of my dreams and I would have a princess wedding and a beautiful marriage. And then when it was time, we would have this beautiful family and it would just be easy and it would just happen when we were ready. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I was hoping for, even as an adult. And, um, you know, unfortunately, that's that's just wasn't my journey. Um, I do have a beautiful husband and a beautiful family. Um, but the journey to becoming a mother was not an easy one. Um, and unfortunately this tragedy, this loss, um, was just the beginning of a very long, um, traumatic journey to becoming a mother. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, with that statistic, I'm thinking, okay, for one in four women, that's true. That's yes. how this journey progresses. Yes. Not the way we expect. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was nothing at all like what I expected and nothing after that was yeah. was what I expected. Um, like I said, we did have to go through labor and delivery. I say yeah. we, my husband too. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we had to see multiple specialists. I had multiple procedures and surgeries and I was on hormone therapy for a long time Um, And then the pregnancies that I did have subsequently were very high risk and they both ended in C-sections. So it was quite the journey to motherhood for me. Goodness. Yeah. How, oh, I don't know. I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to ask later how those other pregnancies went Mm. and about the effects of that. I don't think I asked that question Mm. the first time we recorded this. So we'll come back to that. Yeah. I'm getting ahead. Um, so what, as that was happening, how did you feel? How would, how did that go? Well, when I talk about my feelings around this tragedy, I ha- sort of have to break them into buckets, right? Because mm-hmm. I had to process it physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, physically, my body had to go through quite a bit, right? Labor, delivery, um, and then not to get too ick. But after you have a baby, there's a lot of like not super fun things that happen to your body postpartum. Mm-hmm. And those things, I think, are made more tolerable because you have this newborn baby at your house that is depending on your body to do those things. Um, My body did all of those things, but I didn't have a newborn at home. And so physically, it just really took a toll. Um, Mentally, I was just completely overwhelmed by grief um, and pain and anger. I remember using the word broken Mm. quite a bit, like I felt broken. Um, And I also remember saying quite a bit, like nothing will ever be the same. Yeah. So it was very tough. Yeah. 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 I'll come back to that too. My my brain keeps moving forward of like, then what was like, well, Mm. then what was it like? Yeah. Um, So how, how did you even start to process that? Did you start to process that? At first I didn't process it at all. Um, I felt very lonely 
and I just kind of wanted it to go away. And I guess I say sometimes that when tragedy or trauma happen, your body and your mind must go into like self-preservation mode. Yeah. And I think that's what happened to me. Um, There are actually moments surrounding this event that I don't even remember, but people will tell me that they happened. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, at first I kind of shut everyone out and just did the day-to-day things that I needed to do. Um, But I needed help to do those things and reminding even sometimes. Yeah. Um, And then there came a point where doing nothing and not processing my emotions surrounding this tragedy um, kind of smacked me in the face and I realized that I needed to do something mm-hmm. quickly, um, because it, it, I, I wasn't, I wasn't doing well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what was, what was your process after that? What, how did you deal with it? Well, <clears throat> eventually I got to the point where I realized that I couldn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. And as much as the people around me loved me and wanted to help, I don't think that they were fully equipped um, in every way to help me. So I did seek professional help. Um, I was diagnosed with both anxiety, which if you know me well, um, I probably had anxiety for my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, I still struggle with it today. But I was diagnosed with anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. And just getting those diagnoses was extremely helpful. Like just hearing those words, hearing that there was something that I could say, this is what's going on with me and now I can make a plan to fix it yeah. was was a really big deal. Something that you can point to mm-hmm. and say, okay, mm-hmm. let's work on this specific yep. thing. That yep. makes total sense to me. Yeah. So what were some of those fe- actual emotions that you were going through? Hmm. Well, grief. Absolutely. Um, You know, mourning the loss of a child is, it's, um, I mean, it's just almost undescribable. Yeah. Um, It's, it's definitely the most awful kind of gut wrenching thing I've ever had to go through. Um, But I was also incredibly angry Mm -hmm. during that time. Um, And I also felt an incredible sense of guilt. Mm. Um, because like I said, I had always wanted to be a mom and my husband always wanted to be a dad and he is the best dad Mm. in the entire universe. But in this moment and in these months following, I felt like I had failed, like my body had failed, um, and that I had become a burden, um, or a something that had to be overcome, right, for us to have this life that we really both wanted to have. And that made me mad, made me angry. Absolutely. So that was really hard. Yeah. That was really hard. And there was a while where we didn't know if we were ever going to be able to have children of our own. And so I, like I said, I felt really guilty about that. Absolutely. Yeah. You're experiencing all of these feelings, all all of of this grief, all all of of this stuff including guilt of like, is this my fault? Yes. Did I do something wrong? Yes. Am I wrong? Mm -hmm. Good gracious. So did you make a plan? Did you figure like what, what came next? Well, like I said, at first I didn't make a plan. Mm -hmm. Um, My plan was to ignore and hope that all of these feelings went away. um, And that didn't work. Mm -hmm. And then my plan was just sort of to survive. Yeah. Um, I was able to step away and take some time off of work Um, But I had, you know, 
so many appointments and just I needed to just learn how to get through the day again. So that was my plan. And it took a village um, to help me with that. I mean, when I tell you I needed reminding to sleep, eat, drink water, take a shower, um, it was like that for a while. Yeah. So that was my plan for a little while, just sort of go through the motions and figure out how to just get through the day. Um, And then after that, like I said, I did seek professional help and, um, you know, that they helped me formulate a plan. And um, I had to I had to take medication for a little while to help Mm me um, kind of deal with these things. And then I also got to a point where it was very important for me on my journey um, Mm -hmm. with this tragedy that I needed to seek spiritual counseling Mm -hmm. as well. Um, I am a Christian and having to reconcile some of these things was difficult for me. Um, when I say I had a lot of anger, I was angry at a lot of things. Um, but I was, I was, I was angry at God very much, you know, why did this happen? Why did this happen to me? Um, you know, how could you let this happen? You know, there's a lot of negative dialogue between me and the man upstairs. So I had to seek some spiritual counseling, um, which I think helped me tremendously. Um, and then as time went by, um, part of my plan, um, thanks to the advice of um, my counselor, was to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to support groups. Um, you know, the statistic the statistic is one in four. And so after this happened to me, it was like I was surrounded with people who had yeah. also gone through this. And so Fellow I was able. Survivors. Yes. So I was yeah. able to talk with them. And that was really helpful. I started writing a lot about my feelings and about my experience, which was also really helpful. And then I made a plan to honor his memory. Um, So I try to do that in various ways. Um, You know, this being one of them. Yeah. Um, But that became part of my plan as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Did you try anything that didn't work? Yes. Yes, I did. (laughs) Um, Isolation and ignoring. Yeah. Really, really, really did not work. I mean, I think we all try that at some point with any tragedy. Yes. And then... It never works. Never works. Unfortunately. Yeah. It always feels like best option. Yeah. And it's weird because we can talk about that right now and in a um, in a rational state. Right. You know, you know that that's not yeah. a good thing. You can be like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Um, but man, if I didn't still try. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my friend Michael says that you can't, we can't fix, oh gosh, what is the actual quote? This is so living box free right now that I can't come up with a quote, but I do know who said it. Um, what's broken in community cannot be fixed in isolation. Yeah. And yeah, it is, I mean, tragedy is part of community and it's part, it's yeah. affected your relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I thought about that here on the way too. on the way I thought about that on the way here. Okay, great. Also. Got it. Yep. <laughs> I actually got it the first way you said yes, it. Yes, so. <laughs> man. Um, and that quote is so perfect and fitting. And, you know, I'm here talking about this tragedy and how it impacted me, but it really was a tragedy for a community yeah. of humans. I mean, it was a tragedy for my husband. It was a tragedy for my parents, for my husband's parents, for my friends. I mean, it was, yeah, communities, people who love you yeah. suffer too. Yeah. differently just part of it it's just part of it especially as they're watching you suffer yes yeah. yeah absolutely all right so moving forward a little bit how has this impacted your life now I mean I would mm. imagine it impacts so many layers but 
Yeah. How is it? How's it affecting you? Yeah. So I can actually talk about this and the impact that it has had on my life in both negative and positive ways, yeah. which feels weird to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to talk about the negative ways first. Um, I definitely still struggle with anxiety. Absolutely. Um, I am definitely more equipped to handle it now than mm-hmm. I was then, but it definitely creeps up. Um, and I still have bad days as far as my anxiety is concerned. Um, there are days when the thought of this still literally brings me to my knees. Um, I said before, it's interesting, but there are moments and things associated with this event in my life that I don't remember. And someone will bring them up or they'll come to me randomly. Um, And that really is really hard, even all these years later. Um, I still have quite a few triggers associated with this. So Driving by hospitals, um, the cemetery where my son is buried, gosh, certain songs, um, certain dates during the year. Um, When I hear about this happening to other people, even people I don't know, um, those things are really triggering for me and they make me really sad. Um, But that's, you know, that's part of it. Um, And I would say the other kind of negative thing that still impacts me and probably this one the most of all of those, I think I experienced joy a little bit differently than I did before. Um, You know, I still can experience an abundance of joy, but it's hard for me to just be joyful, Mm. if that makes sense. I tend to get nervous and, well, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if um, for everything. And that's really hard because I would love to be able to just be happy about things. So, um, but that is something that I'm still working on, working through. Um, it's still part of my plan. It's still part yeah. of my process, but it is probably something that I will work on for forever. Yeah. You are definitely not alone in that. I yeah. know that's, I just was reading, been quoting Brene Brown a lot mm-hmm. lately, but I was just reading her book on emotions and I can't remember what the word is. It's not impending, in, in foreboding joy, maybe mm-hmm. foreboding joy. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, that feeling of like, Mm. I can't fully enjoy this moment because the other shoe is going to drop. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's unfortunate. Yes. Um, Positively, I would say I learned quite a bit going Mm -hmm. through this. Um, I learned how common it is. And knowing that has allowed me to reach out to others, find a community of women um, that I may have otherwise not. Yeah. Um, so I would say that that's a positive. Um, I learned a lot about strength. Mm. Um, I would say I learned a lot about my own strength because even though in the moments surrounding this, I didn't feel strong. Yeah. I know in my head and my heart that in order to come out the other side of this, I would have to be strong. Um, and I learned a lot about, um, I learned a lot about the strength of my husband. Mm. Um, mm. My husband is just the most wonderful human in the entire world. And I know that when we were going through this, that he was experiencing this tragedy right along with me. And I can't imagine what it was like for him to go through it, but 
when he was sad, because I know that he was, and when he was hurting, because I know that he was, it, it never really showed because he was there for me 150 million percent, mm-hmm. um, literally picking me up off of the floor to yeah. get me through this. And to do that while experiencing an incredible amount of pain takes a level of strength that that I can't even fully understand, but I can appreciate on the yeah. other side of it. So I learned a lot about that. Um, and I learned a lot about my faith <laughs> because man was my faith rattled yeah. going through this. Um, and it took me a long time to kind of feel okay in that regard mm-hmm. on my faith journey and kind of get over that anger that I had. Um, but I learned that my faith is strong and I learned that, um, God's always there. Yeah. He didn't go anywhere. He didn't abandon me. Um, and I know that because I believe that I couldn't have come out the other side without him. Absolutely. So, positives. Yeah. Positives. <laughs> um, how do those things feel at this point? Well, I can appreciate the positive things very yeah. much. Um, but the fact that I still have any sort of negative consequences, associated with going through this makes me mad that's fair it makes me mad um and I'll tell you why I feel like I feel like when you talk about tragedy and grief sometimes it feels like there's a timeline associated with it yeah and I don't know why it feels that way um because no one ever says that right but when I talk about this and how long it's been it feels like I should be okay. Right. You know, and I am, you know, most days, but some days not. And, and when I think about how long it's been, I'm like, man, like this shouldn't hurt this bad today. You know, I should be able to just be happy. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be thinking about this so much of the time. And that's, you know, all of that is baloney. And yeah. I know that, um, but it, you know, it makes me mad. Yeah, that's fair. Very fair. <laughs> I think, I hope this is okay for me to say, I, I, I've i seen you on one of those days at least, mm. and at no point was I like, come on, pull it together. Pull it you together, know? I was just like, yeah. wow, you're still at the gym? Yeah. Like, I forgot ab- go. I forgot about that day that, um, I, that I told you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was a hard day. That's, yeah. a, that's a real hard day every year yeah. for me. Very understandable. Yeah. Um, I would love to just throw in this extra question, yeah, of how it impacted your other pregnancies. Oh, man. Well, that's a great question. Um, (laughs) Thank you very much. And it, it definitely did. It definitely did impact them. Like I said, both of my subsequent pregnancies, without getting too much into it, because it would ick people out, I think, um, they were both high risk, Mm -hmm. um, so I had to be very closely monitored mm-hmm. the entire time, which just sent my anxiety through the roof. Absolutely. I mean, the whole time. Um, and I had, um, I again, I had a lot of guilt because our whole family experienced this tragedy, right? So everyone was so excited about this baby that we were going to be bringing into the world. And... Um, 
man, what made what made the day that we found out that we lost him all the more tragic and traumatic was that our families were all in the room oh. when we found out that we had lost him. Yeah. So that was incredibly traumatic for all of them. Um, and you. And me. Yes. Yes, it was. But, you know, everyone was so sad. And so when we got pregnant with my son, Carson, I was nervous to tell them. Um, so we didn't yeah. for quite a while until we literally couldn't hide it anymore. Yeah. Um, but I didn't I didn't want to tell people because I, you know, I was so scared. What if something bad happened? I didn't want to have to break that news again to our families. Um, I didn't want them to be as nervous and as anxiety written as I was about every single thing that was happening. Um, yeah. I, it was hard to to mentally prepare that I was actually going to have babies. Right. Right. Like, so I didn't want to go and buy things for yeah. him or like paint the nursery because I was just like, well, we should just wait. We should just wait. We should just wait. And Kevin's like, well, but, you know, we're kind of going to have this baby. So we should probably, you know, get some stuff, get some stuff ready for this kid. Yeah. Um, do you like obviously that was what you needed to do at the time because mm -hmm. that's what you did. If you had it to do over again, would you change that? Yes. Okay. Yes, I would. And actually this part, this, you know, how did you handle your subsequent pregnancies? I feel like is what the most people solicit advice mm -hmm. around, you know. Yeah. I'm so nervous and now I'm pregnant again and I don't know how to tell my family and I, you know, I feel all Ugh, these things that I yeah. just said. And this is what I say. A baby is worth celebrating no matter what. And people want to celebrate them and people want to love on you and people want to spoil you and it's okay to be happy. And I think if I were ever to go through this again, I would tell myself all of those things as many times as I needed to hear them. And I would make the decision, even if it were hard, to celebrate immediately yeah. and to let people support me and to be excited um, because it is wonderful and it is exciting yeah. and, and you should let people love on you. So. I think that if I were to go through it again, I would, yeah, I would really try it. Would, and it, like I said, it would be a conscious decision because I don't imagine that I would have any less anxiety. Right. Of course. Yeah. But, you know, just making a different choice. I yeah. think I would. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, I kind of already moved you into it, but with our, our final chunk here, I would love to hear what you want others to know. And we can start with things that worked for you. We kind of talked about it, but just yeah. outlining it. So things that worked for me, like I said, um, I would seek professional help um, and know that it's okay yeah. to seek professional help. It's something I wish I would have done sooner than I did. Um, I think my journey would have been, I was going to say far easier, and I don't know that that is true. Mm. I think that it would have been healthier. Okay. And I think that's the word I'm going to choose. Um, so yes, it's okay to seek professional help. Um, I would say if you are a Christian or a person of faith that you should seek spiritual counseling, um, that was huge for me and so necessary. And again, I wish that I had done it sooner. Yeah. Um, seek support groups, find a community of women, men, whoever, um, that you can talk to and open up to and, um, people who 
have gone through it and understand that support is different um, and it's necessary, I think. Yeah. And then I tell people to get the feelings out, mm. whatever that means for you. Um, for me, it was a lot of writing, a lot of talking, a lot of music. Um, so when you feel like you can do those things yep. and then let people love you, mm. let people love you. Um, we want to isolate and we want to shut down and we want to shut people out and just don't do it. Let people yeah. love you. Um, n- know that they're probably not going to say <laughs> or do anything that is, you know, going to dramatically change things. Right. But just having people around, um, I think is good. Yeah. Yeah. Things that didn't work. Um, well, I mean, we've talked about isolating a lot. That definitely doesn't work. Not talking about it didn't work because it just, it just changed so much, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, it just altered the course of my life in such a, a huge way that I don't know how I could have not talked about it. Yeah. So that didn't work. Um, and then not reaching out for help really didn't work. Um yeah, I mean, so basically ignoring and isolating, ignoring and isolating. Yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I think I was in a really dark place for a really long time, um, literally um, for quite a long time. Like I, I remember just sitting in the dark, like yeah. not wanting to get up, sitting on the floor in the dark, yep. just not wanting to face anyone or anything. And for for too long and, and just having having people around me that didn't let that happen, um, was, was huge. Um, and like I said, there wasn't anything earth shattering that anyone did or said in the subsequent weeks and months, but just having people to be like, okay, Tiffany, like get up, let's go on a walk. Let's go shopping. Like you should probably eat something. I brought a casserole, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, reach out for help. Tell yeah. people what you need if you need stuff. That's hard to do, but it yes, it is absolutely it is something I'm still working on. Yeah, yeah. So advice as others are. I mean, you've you've kind of reiterated all this. Is there anything else you want to throw in? Advice to others who are going through it themselves. Um, the only other thing that I would say, outside of all that other all the other things I've already said, yeah, is no. I promise, mm-hmm. I promise that it will not always hurt as bad as it does right now. Yeah. I think that's huge. Um, when tragedy happens or you go through something traumatic, it it can feel like it's never going to be better. And nothing anyone can say or do is going to make it any better. And it's just going to hurt forever. Um, I said those things like, it's never going to be the same. It's never going to be the same. And there is some truth to that. I mean, I already said this tragedy did alter my life in a very big way, Yeah, but it doesn't hurt today like it did when it happened. Yeah. So I, I promise that that is true. Yeah. All right. We don't usually throw this one in, but I, I really feel like it's important, and I think you actually even brought it up, of mm. advice you'd give to others who are caring for yes. someone who's going through tragedy. Yes, I do think this is so important. Um, and the reason I feel so passionately about this is because you will 
you will know someone yeah, that this will, it is unavoidable. Yeah. You will know someone that this happens to, um, or you do know someone that this has happened to. Um, so the advice I would give is ask them how you can help or support them, but have no expectation around what their answer might be. And if they say there's nothing that you can do, okay, just be present. Mm-hmm. Like I said, um, I said that there's nothing you can do. Nothing you say will make this any better. Yeah. But just be present, you know, bring the casserole, take them for a walk, just sit, just sit with, you know, I, lots of people just came and sat with me. Talk about literally anything else. Um, that would be one piece of advice that I would say. I would also say know that each person's experience with this is incredibly different. Mm-hmm. Um, each story is so unique. Um, and so saying things like, you know, at least it was early, um, at least, you know, you can get pregnant. Well, you'll just try again. Mm-hmm. Um, or this just wasn't God's plan. Um, yeah, especially for any tragedy. For of like, any tragedy. Right. And it, yes, hundred percent. Trying to avoid the words at least. At least. Yes. Um, I, I totally believe that, um, when people say things like that, they come from a place of love, mm-hmm. um, and with totally innocent and loving intentions. Um, but for someone who has just lost a child, um, and maybe a child that they've been trying for, for years, I mean, you just don't know, um, hearing things like that is just really hard. Um, so I would, I would avoid saying those things and just love them. Yeah. Cause that's really the best thing that you can do. It's just, Mm. just love people. Tiffany, thank you so much. Thank you especially for doing this twice. I know it's not an easy thing to talk about, um, and so I really appreciate your your passion to share this and mm-hmm. share your story so that other people can can know they're not alone and yeah. know how to care for others. And the fact that you were willing to talk about it twice mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, says a lot to me. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for having me. Uh, absolutely. We can You can come back and talk about a, a cheerful topic sometime. Craft wanna, beer and french fries. Yeah, let's do a whole podcast on craft beer and french I'm fries. I'm here for it. And see what happens. 100%. See where it goes. I love it. <laughs> Boxbreakers, thanks for joining us. We will be back next week. I hope wherever you are, the weather is as beautiful as it is here in Indiana. Hmm. Talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.